have, okay? So our final, um, our final uh, sermon this morning in our Christmas at Hope City series is going to be called The Blessing. Everybody say The Blessing. The blessing, all right? And uh, Robert, this is for you, my friend, okay? I got this, okay? And uh, I thought about several people within the church. Tyler, I thought about you right here, buddy, okay? Uh, Husband and wife for Christmas shopping at a busy shopping mall just before Christmas. The wife suddenly noticed that her husband was missing, so she called him on his cell phone. Okay, the wife said, where are you? You know, we have so much work to do. We got, we've got a lot to do here. He said, you remember the jewelers we went into about 10 years ago? And you fell in love with that diamond necklace, and, and uh, I, I couldn't afford it at that time. And I said, one of these days, I'm going to get it for you. Little tears started flowing down from the wife's face, and she shit, She got all choked up. She says, yes, I, I do remember that shop. He said, well, I'm in the gun shop next door to that one. In the gun shop next door to that one. <laughs> Are you with me? Wives just looking at me snarling right now, just snarling. Guys, that was for you, okay? I'll pay the price. I'll pay the price. Numbers chapter 6 in the Word of God. Numbers chapter 6 in the Word of God. Verse 22, we were talking about uh, this scripture. I alluded to it last Sunday and uh, got so much more information on it that I wanted to share with you. And I needed a whole service to do it. I needed a whole sermon to do it. And uh, so I want to share this with you. It's so powerful. The scripture says in verse 22, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons. He's talking about the priestly Lineage. He's talking to all the priests, okay, and to their families. He said, speak to Aaron and his son, saying, this is the way that you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace And then I love this in verse 27, God is essentially saying, So they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. God, I'm so thankful for your word. I ask you to instruct us. I ask you to encourage us, God. Convince us and convict us today, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we're so thankful for all that you're going to do. In Christ's powerful name, and everybody said, Amen. The very first point that we see here, i got five quick points that come straight from Scripture, okay? May the Lord bless, may God bless and protect them. So the office of the priest, or the office of the pastor, we're talking more, uh, a little bit more about the Old Testament version, but it all parallels to the New Testament version of what we call pastors or ministers or leaders in the church, okay, priests in, in God's kingdom. So the office of the priest was twofold. It was intercessory and benedictory. As an intercessor, he stands before God interceding for mankind. One of the things that I do all the time is I think about you and I pray for you. I pray for your families. I pray for the communities of the earth. I pray for all kinds of places and spaces. I pray for places I've never even been before. And I'm saying, God, I ask you to touch these people, save them, rescue them, send the gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ to these nations, to these tribes, to these tongues, and to 
these people groups. And so I'm standing before God and I'm interceding for mankind, okay? And then he, he then stands or she then stands before men pleading the case for God's love and goodness. That's the next thing that I'm to do. I'm telling you about God's love. I'm telling you about God's goodness. I'm trying to convince you. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to convince you of his goodness. Uh, uh, you know, the, the Bible says to taste and see that the Lord is good. You can have somebody tell you the best restaurant in the world is this specific restaurant. You will never know unless you taste it. Come on, somebody. Can you hear what I'm saying? And so I'm constantly stepping in that space and I'm, I'm constantly encouraging men and women to walk in the ways of God that they might know the good and blessed life that God has for them. And then secondly, as a benedictory, he stands or she stands in the presence of men declaring or speaking the blessings of God. Amen. This is so powerful because we're not just talking about the judgments of God. We're talking about the blessings of God. Yes, God is a God of justice. We understand that. But he's also a God of blessing. So that's one of the spaces that I stand. I, I stand before God bringing the praises of men. One of the things that I do is I tell God and I thank God. I say, God, do you remember so and so? They were telling me how good you were. Do you remember, God, what you did in, in Tracy's dad's life? She was telling us about a miracle. Do you remember what you're doing in Brandon's life? He was praising you. He was lifting up your name. So I'm constantly telling God and reminding God of the praises of men. And I love this because this blessing comes out and it's a prayer, amen, that follows the offerings unto God. And these men of God, Aaron and the priests, they could not offer the blessing until they offered the offerings. Am I making sense? So many times we come into the presence of God and we want all the blessings, but we haven't given him an offering. Amen? And so scripture talks about this. So this prayer followed these offerings here. And if you look back at it right there in Numbers chapter 6, having offered the sin offering, the first stanza of the benediction or the first stanza of the prayer is the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. Having offered the consecration offering or the burnt offering, the scripture says, in the second stanza of the verse, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And then finally, having offered the peace offering, which then, then you're able to give the blessing, the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now the first thing that has to be dealt with is sin. Sin separates us from God. Amen. And we understand that. So the priests had to give a sacrifice for the sin. And we all understand and know today that Jesus came to this earth to help us overcome the sin problem through his blood. Somebody say thank God. Somebody say thank somebody praise his name this morning. Amen. We're so grateful that Jesus has come once and for all. We're not constantly giving that offering any longer because Jesus paid the price once and all for mankind. But if we don't claim it, come on, help me here, help me preach it right here. If we don't claim that, then we've got nothing to stand upon to get the blessing of God. We're not trying to just get the blessing of God. Amen. We're trying to get the forgiveness of God, right? And so we're stepping into that space. 
Next is, the, uh, next is this consecration of our lives. I know a lot of people, they, they ask Jesus, they say, God, I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want to go to heaven. You ever had somebody tell you that? Pastor, I just want to go to heaven. What do I got to do to get to heaven? Listen, it's not that simple, but it's not that complicated. Amen. It's not... Pastor Mike, are you trying to confuse me? No, I'm not. It's not that simple, but it's not that complicated. Amen. We ask God, we say, God, I want to get to heaven. Amen. So that's where the blood comes in. But the second thing that happens here is the, the burnt offering. And it, that's what this represents, the consecration of our lives. And it symbolizes total surrender. It symbolizes dedication unto God. This is who I am. When I, I come in and I say, God, it's, it's not enough unless you come, unless you show up, unless you come and meet the needs of your people, unless you show up in my heart and you show up in my life. And in this burnt offering, in this space, I'm literally offering to God. I'm literally sacrificing all that I am, my whole self unto God. Amen. And it's only then, after I've had the sin, I've come in and I've said, Jesus, I need you to forgive me of my sin. And now I lay my life before you and I commit myself, I dedicate my life to you. Now I can walk into and represent the peace offering that I can have real fellowship with God. Amen. Real fellowship with God. But I can't have that real fellowship with God if I've not committed to do the first two. Am I making sense? Amen. So now that I've dedicated my life to God, I can now sit down. That's what we talk about communion. I can now sit down in fellowship. I can now sit down in communion with God and have relationship with him. Amen. And I can enjoy peace with God. And so God desires to bless his people. Somebody say amen right here. All right. And the word bless here in this scripture literally means to kneel in order to serve. The God, think about this, the God of the universe is kneeling on my behalf to serve me, to serve my family, to serve my needs, to minister unto me. Pastor Mike, go ahead and prove that. I'm so glad that you asked. We see this in Jesus as he demonstrated it on the night, the scripture says, on the night he was betrayed. He took bread, right? He broke communion with his disciples. And he took a towel and he wrapped it around himself and a water basin. And he washed the feet of each disciple. He washed their feet. He washed their feet and he served them. Amen. And he ministered unto them. And so I want to tell you this morning, Christ's weapon of choice is service. He chooses the towel of service. Amen. Service is sacrificial. I don't care on what level that it is. If you serve in the Littles, you serve in Hope City Littles in the nursery, and maybe you're changing a diaper, amen. Maybe you're watching one of the kids, you know, throw a toy, and you're saying, hey, please don't do that, okay? We don't want to throw a toy. Not that all the kids throw toys in there. I don't want you to think that, okay? But anyways, hey, we, you know, this is not what we do. But as you're loving on those children, you are in service, Am I making sense? As you show up early and you're working the coffee bar, or you show up a little early and you're setting up some sweatshirts, or like we do every Sunday, we show up early and we set up, and then after we, we tear down, we're in service to God's kingdom. And so Christ's weapon of choice is service. The second thing that we see here, i got to move on, I'm sorry. The, 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 the second thing that we hear are the words, keep you. 
God says, may, may, may the Lord bless you and keep you. It's talking about provision. God will bless you and he'll help take care of you. Can you hear what I'm saying to you? After what? After I've walked in that space of the offerings, amen, the sin offering, right? The, the, the burnt offering, the peace offering. And we see this space. And according to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 5, we have an inheritance that is imperishable. Amen. Not because of my power to hold on to God, but because of God's omnipotent or unlimited power to hold on to me. This ain't about me just trying to cling to God. This is about God hanging on to me. And can I tell you, God doesn't let go. Can I tell you that God doesn't doesn't forsake. Can I tell you that God won't let you down like that? Somebody say a good amen right here. He will help you and strengthen you even in your time of need. And you might remember Satan. I, I love this. You might remember Satan suggesting in Job chapter 1 and verse 10. He said, he said, God, you've got a hedge of protection around Job's life. You've got this supernatural shield. You've got this supernatural hedge that's been placed around him that keeps him from harm. It keeps him from adversity. This is why Job is prospering. This is why Job is blessed. You just allow me to test that and I'll destroy Job. I'll destroy his family. Amen. And Satan, the Bible said he came into the presence of God to ask for the opportunity to test Job. That's exactly what happened. But I want you to see Job's life. His life was blessed. His home was blessed. His property was blessed. His family was blessed. Listen to me. His future was blessed. Why? Because he was a man of complete integrity. That's what the scripture says about him. Amen. Job didn't go to church every Sunday. That's what made him a man of complete integrity. Amen. Job didn't go and he just served, the, you know, he served and be the church or he served at different campaigns or he went to night to shine a couple of times. No, the scripture says he was a man of complete integrity. That's the space that we're looking for between us and God. Somebody say amen. Number two. Number two, real quick. Point number two, may God smile on them or be pleased. Come on, parents, you know what this means. When your kids do things that make you happy, amen? Your kid took out the trash, and you didn't even say nothing to them. And even better than that, they put a new trash can liner in the trash can. Oh, I feel some shouting coming on. Amen? You didn't even ask them. They just did it as a part of who they were. Look, look here at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. It said, for once you were full of darkness, but now, everybody say, but now. You have light from the Lord. So scripture teaches us that as we've been changed by the blood of Jesus Christ, we now have light from God. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good, only what is right, only what is true. And then verse 10, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. 
A lot of people, they miss this kind of stuff. They just kind of say, well, I'm just going to do whatever it is I want to do. Uh-uh. Scripture teaches us that we're to do it to the standard of God and to the purposes of God. And when we do, it will make him smile on us. In the book of Hebrews, we're told that Jesus is radiant, that he shines vividly, that he emanates joy and goodness from the inside out. And to know that God is, every time he looks at you is well pleased listen not because of who you are not because of what you've done but because of the Lord Jesus Christ that's on the inside of you that's the difference maker it doesn't make me perfect it makes Christ perfect amen there's no greater source of peace there's no greater source of power in life talk about God's unmerited favor the fact that Jesus took my sin that he died in my place that is something I did not merit that's something that I did not deserve but it's something that ought to make me smile come on somebody amen it ought to make you smile to know that God has blessed you and strengthened you and saved you amen so let me give you really quick inside this point Five acts of worship that make God smile. You want God to smile on your life? You want God to smile on your family? How do I make God? How do I make God? How do I please God with my life? Here it is. God smiles when we love Him supremely. God smiles when we trust Him completely. Amen? God smiles when we obey Him wholeheartedly. Amen. That's not a space that, that I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get somebody's permission for. Amen. It's just between God and I. God, what would you have me do? How would you have me accomplish this? How would you have me walk in this space? Amen. Number four, God smiles when we praise him and thank him continually. And finally, this is my favorite, and God smiles when we use our abilities, especially for his kingdom, okay, but you, you, you might feel that the only time God is pleased with you is when you're doing spiritual activities. Oh, Pastor, Pastor Mike, God's never proud of me because I don't pray enough. I don't worship enough. I don't read enough. Listen, you can't pray enough, worship enough, or read enough. Come on, somebody, to just make someone happy. That's not what God wants. God wants relationship with you. Amen. And these spiritual activities... Uh, you know, reading the Bible, attending church, praying or sharing your faith. Some people think, oh man, I missed Sunday. I was, I was having an event with my family and God's mad at me. That's not how God works. If you don't know it, that's not how God works. That's not how he works. Amen. And I, I just read off some things that please him. God enjoys, watch this, God enjoys watching every detail of your life. Whether you're working or playing or resting. Here's my favorite. Or eating. Come on, somebody. God loves this. He loves to watch this in our lives. Look at Psalm. Prove it to me, Pastor Mike. Psalm 37, verse 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. What's my part? To be godly. What's God's part? To direct my steps. Amen? Look at verse 24. Or, excuse me. Uh, the end of verse 23. Here's, the, here's that part I'm trying to prove to you. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Oh, you mean he was happy when I got my wife's cabinets done? Yes, he was. And so was she. Come on, somebody. Amen. Right? 
God's happy when we get those things done. Look at verse 24. Though they stumble, they'll never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. God is interested in the relationship. He's interested in the details of our lives. And every human activity except sin can be done for God's pleasure if you do it with the attitude of praise. Amen. Amen. Number three, right there in the scripture. May, may God be gracious to us. May he be merciful and compassionate. This is a blessing that the priests spoke over the people of God. This is a blessing that ministers, we speak over the children of God, over the church of God. And just because, listen, just because I'm a Christian does not mean I have all of these characteristics installed into my life when I believed on Jesus Christ. I wish it were that simple, Mike, that I just came to the altar. God did an update on my device. Amen. And all of a sudden, I'm working in compassion. I'm working in mercy. I'm working in graciousness. Amen. But it does mean this, that I am challenged and I'm charged with the task of walking in grace. Walking in mercy. Walking in compassion. Amen. Ever developing this lifestyle of God. I'm developing this. I'm working in this space. I'm constantly working toward this very huge Christian word that we use, sanctification. Sanctification. Listen, when I forgive, when, when I forgive somebody, that's, that's good for me. It, it's good for my soul. When I'm gracious, to, when I'm merciful to that guy that cut me off. While I'm Christmas shopping. Could have took my family out. Come on. When I'm merciful, I'm walking in a space of graciousness. I'm walking in, in mercy. I'm walking in that space of compassion. I'm developing a lifestyle. Now watch this. I'm to respond in these kinds of ways because Jesus has modeled these in my life. And Jesus has modeled this in the lives of those around and about me. So now it's my job, it's my role to be gracious merciful and compassionate look at exodus chapter 34 verse 6 says the lord passed in front of moses calling out yahweh the lord the god of compassion and mercy why are we compassionate and mercy because merciful because god is compassionate and merciful this is a character characteristics of god god says i'm slow to anger I'm filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity or I forgive sin, rebe uh, iniquity, rebellion, and sin. But I do not excuse the guilty. Watch this right here. God doesn't just write you off when you do wrong. Pay attention right here. Watch this. He says this. I don't, I don't excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children, into the third and the fourth generations. Now watch this. Culture has this idea that God's love condones anything, that God's love condones everything without measure, without discernment, and without judgment. But Scripture teaches us that God's love involves guidance. It involves standards and a moral framework encouraging actions aligned with what is considered righteous or virtuous amen that's not a popular statement but I didn't write it God did 
Come on, it's tough to preach about. It's tough to preach about living a holy life before a holy God. It's tough to talk about the justice of God. It's very difficult, but I didn't write it. It's God's message to his children. It's God's message to his people. And, And as we see this, we understand we're only justified by his grace through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Listen, we don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve redemption. We don't reserve justification. Justification, Pastor Mike, what is that? Just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if I never sinned, right? Justification. But God, listen, he's long-suffering. God is patient. God is abundant in goodness. Therefore, even in our deep rebellion, even in our sin, the scripture said that Jesus Christ died for the ungodly. Right in that space. Pastor Mike, it's a weird space to walk in. I know it. I know it as well as you do. And God's love is holy. God's love is righteous. And sin cannot be overlooked. Amen. That, in fact, is what makes the gospel such good news. Because it was in the cross of Jesus Christ that God's justice and God's love met. And mercy was formed. And he satisfied his own righteous demands so that he could show grace to those who come to his son in repentance and come to his son in faith believing. Give him a hand clap of praise. Can you do it this morning? Justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Amen? Listen, if you're going to, if I'm standing in my own frailty, my own framework, justice awaits me. But when I stand in the blood of Jesus Christ, I stand in the forgiveness of God, I stand as Jesus, as my mediator between God and mankind, amen. Now who stands in that space is Jesus. You remember Jesus when he showed mercy to the woman who was taken in the very act of adultery. I've always asked the question, where's he at? He is gone. He was gone. Dude hit the streets and was gone. But here she is. If she's in the act of adultery, so was he, right? They they captured her, but he's gone. And the one individual in the whole crowd, the entire uh, and in the whole world, who was qualified to throw a stone at her. That's what they would do if you were caught in the act of adultery. They would throw rocks at you until you were dead. Amen. Wasn't just oh, we'll just get a divorce. It's no big deal. Uh Uh-uh. Death. That was the standard. They're getting ready to kill her, the one person in the world who could throw rocks at her. Jesus said, where are your accusers? And she said, it looks like I don't have any. He said, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. Change. What what was he saying? Allow mercy to change. Oh, man, that's so good right there. Allow grace to change you and become what you couldn't become without me. That's exactly the blood of Jesus Christ. And that should be an active response of our lives. Amen. That we should respond by showing mercy unto those around and about us. Point number four. I got two more. You still with me? Everybody still awake? All right. I know we're on New York time. Everybody's on New York time tonight, like 1101. Boom. Hey, happy new year. Good night. That's how I'm going to do it. Anyways, let's, let's move on. I may shoot a gun or something. I don't know. Haven't been able to in the state of California, but I may shoot something tonight. 
Not like something, but like, I mean, not like someone, you know, but may shoot a gun. Point number four, may God show his favor toward them and give his approval. Listen, God's mission for mankind is mercy. Amen? God's goal is grace. God's favor is forgiveness. Here's my favorite. God's fierce forgiveness is forever. What do we have to do? Call upon the name of the Lord. We shall be saved. Believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Psalm 103 verse 17. Listen, God's approval to us is given, is given to us in our response to him. May his favor be upon you and your children for a thousand generations. Look at this, Psalm 103, verse 17. But the love of the Lord remains what? Forever. With those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children. Of those who are faithful to his covenant and of those who obey his commands. So what are we to do? We're to accept his free gift of eternal life. We're to accept his grace, accept his mercy, and accept his forgiveness. As the worship team comes, we are to believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you can be saved. Believe upon his name and you can be healed. Believe upon his name and you can be restored. Believe upon his name and you can experience the peace of God right now. Believe upon him and your weaknesses will turn into strengths. Amen. Believe in the power of his blood. Believe and receive his grace. Confess to God. Listen, confess to God. I'm a sinner who God, you've extended grace to. You've extended mercy unto me. You've extended justification and forgiveness toward my life. I now receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. And now I receive your favor and your approval. What have we covered? The sin offering. The burnt offering. And now we live in the peace offering. Amen. Got peace with God. Our last point, may God give you peace. May he give you peace. When you ask God, watch this, this is so good, but this is hard to do. When you ask God to bless others or yourself, you're asking him to do these five things that we've just preached about. You're asking him, God, I need you to do this in their lives. Extend favor, extend grace, extend forgiveness, extend mercy. Do that in their lives, God. That's why it's important to pray for people, especially your enemies, to pray for them. Amen? It's tough to pray. It's tough to pray for your enemies. It's just tough to pray, period, right? But it's tougher to pray for your enemies and to say, God, I need you to do these things in their lives. And this blessing that you offer, watch this, this blessing that you're offering will not only help the one receiving it, it will also demonstrate love, encourage others, and provide a model of caring for others. Amen? In our lives. And the result of the work of God in our lives. How do you know, Pastor Mike, how do you know when God has done a work in someone's life? When they walk in peace? When they're living in the peace of God, amen, when they're living in that space, the, the result of the work of God in our lives is peace. And we cannot have peace with ourselves until we have peace with God. There's so many people, they're at war with themselves. 
They're at war with themselves. Amen. There's constant inner turmoil. We're the most medicated society. We're the most depressed, the most oppressed society. Amen. Peace is what we need. And that only comes in and through Jesus Christ. Not a pill, not something you drink or snort or smoke, amen, or inhale or rub on your body, whatever that is. When you experience peace, Isaiah 57 verse 20 says this, verse 20 and 21. But those who reject me, those who still reject me are like the restless sea. If you've ever... Uh, if you've ever snorkeled, you can understand what I'm saying. You see a stingray or something down at the bottom or a shell, and you want to get that shell. But all of a sudden, the, 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 it, the bottom's just churned up and constantly churned up. Man, if the sand would, if the churning would just stop, I could see to be able to get a hold of what I'm after. But that's the way people's lives are who don't have peace with God. This constant churning. They're, they're looking for their purpose. They're looking for their mission. They're looking for God's design. They're looking for mission in their marriage or, 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 or in their family, whatever that is. It's a constant churning. The scripture talks about it. It's never still but continually churns up mud and dirt. And there's no peace for the wicked, says my God. Well, what will bring us peace? Jesus. And it's not about our, our goodness, but it's about his goodness. Amen. Any one, of, any one of us, every one of us who repents and returns to God encounters and enjoys God's peace and we enjoy His healing. And we take pleasure in His redemption. We take pleasure in His restoration. And I love this. This is how God wanted His name to be upon His people. The blessing, the favor, the forgiveness, the grace, the peace of God, the peace of God. Isaiah 45 and 22, our final scripture. Look at this. Let all the world look to me for salvation, for I am God and there is no other. Can you give him a hand clap of praise? There is no other God but our God. Amen. There is no other God. Amen. And it's God the Father's role and mission to bless and keep us. It's God, it's God the Son's passion and purpose to be gracious to us and it's God the Holy Spirit's pleasure to give us peace amen will you stand with me all over the building this morning Pastor Mike I am not walking I'm, I'm going right to work right here I feel like there's somebody in the house you might want to respond you might be a young person you might be an elder amen you might be an elder in the faith I still have some situations, some circumstances. You're saying, hey, pastor, I need, I need God's favor over my life. I want the peace of God. I want, I want his favor to shine upon me. I want God to bless me and keep me. I want his face to shine upon me. I want him to be gracious to me. I want him to lift up his countenance upon me and give me peace. Amen. I want that, Pastor Mike. I need that in my heart. I need that in my life. I need these five characteristics of God through the sin offerings. I need this to go to work in my life this morning. Pastor Mike, I've got some areas of sin in my life. I've got some areas in my life that I need to put on the altar and, and create that burnt offering where I'm literally offering my whole self or dedicating 
my whole self unto God. All those things so I can experience peace. If that's you this morning, you say, Pastor, I need God to move in my life. I need the peace of God. I need the salvation of God in my life. Is there anybody that needs to call upon the name of Jesus this morning? Would you just slip your hand up? You say, that's me, Pastor. God bless you, sir. God bless you, young lady. Anyone else this morning? That's me, Pastor. I need to call upon the name of the Lord. God bless you, young lady. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. I need the grace of God. I need the mercies of God to call over my life. Listen, I want you to slip up hands all over the building this morning. And I want you to pray with me in the house. Pray with me together. Amen. Just speak right after me. Say, God, I'm so thankful for your word. It's a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. I need you, God to forgive me of my sin. I lay my whole life, I offer and I sacrifice my life to you just like Jesus did for me. I receive his grace, I receive his mercy. Wash me God in his blood, in his forgiveness, by his love for each and every person the name of Jesus I turn away God from my sin and I turn toward you that I might experience peace in the name of Jesus I praise you amen can you give God a resounding hand clap of praise God we bless you father we're so thankful God for your love we're so thankful God for you, you smiling upon our lives, God. You smiling upon this moment, God. Scripture teaches that all of heaven is rejoicing right now, God, because one person said yes to Jesus, God. And there were several people in this room, God, that said yes unto you this morning, God. I know that all of heaven is celebrating. We celebrate along with them, God. We ask you to continue to move in our hearts and move in our lives today, God. In the name of Jesus, we praise you. Everybody said... Before I let you go, I'm going to say it over you right now. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Can you give him one more good hand clap of praise? Be peace, God. Be peace in my heart, God. Peace in my heart.